from worlds beyond to write at the gaming table. These are all my fantasy children. Welcome all to all my fantasy children. My name is Aaron Catano Saez. And my name is Jeff Stormer. And this is All My Fantasy Children. This is a character creation world building podcast where every week we take a listener prompt from a listener just like you and we spin it into an original character that we fill a spot in the roster on our fantasy baseball team. We do. We do. Uh, we had a lot of tough trades this season. It has been a difficult, we've had a tough run of things. Yes. But, uh, I think, I think we've got a solid roster going into the postseason. I think that we're, I think we're doing really well. You gotta trust the process. It's yeah. gonna hurt in the short term, but I think we're gonna pull it out in the long term. It's gonna be really hard because out mm. of, uh, I guess the team has, we'll say 15 players. We traded away 14. So we got one and they're really good at baseball, fantasy baseball. But yes, and they have to kind of hold it down and play every position. Right, right, right. Well, and the thing is, is that if you really go back over the, I guess, 50 some characters we've made for the podcast to date. Yes. I don't think many of them would be very good at baseball. No. So it's sort of a tough scenario that we're in because we keep creating these characters with like rich lives and like uh real emotional journeys and big fantastical adventures but we always seem to forget to really put that emphasis on baseball so it's it becomes a bit of a challenge you know our our last few seasons haven't been great yeah that's okay cuz this episode we're really going to put a strong emphasis uh hi guys welcome all uh today we're going to talk a lot about baseball so if you're not interested um, there are a few more podcasts that we suggest you listen to, like Playing Stickball, uh, Stickball and Goofs, and All My Stickball Goofs. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Good podcasts. Good, uh, we are, uh, we should, this is what we should mention that we've become part of the Stickball, the Stickball Network. Yep. It is, uh, a, a podcast network exclusively related to, uh, Stickball related comedy podcasts. Yeah, so we're really proud. Uh, we have a few sponsors lined up. We can't wait to get to them. Uh, but for now, we're gonna dive right in. Insert cool music. Hey guys, what's going on? I'm Erica Tamasayas. <laughs> Do you have a prop this week, Aaron, or are we just gonna make <laughs> stickball jokes for the rest of our lives? I was just trying to make money, Jeff, by having a sweeter podcast idea. But yes, we have a prompt this week. Our prompt this week comes from Twitter user Jack Doll. Uh, Frankie has been a lovely junior wizard for such a long time, and I'm so happy to use their prompt. Um, prompt this week is, a paladin who believes in independence and safety tries their best to help sick people and make them as independent and safe as possible. This is good. I, this is, I got strong thoughts on this one. I, I feel like I, I feel like we've got a good solid direction to go in. Can you tell me real quick, uh, just in basically what a paladin is in our world, so, our version? A paladin is somebody that believes in something strong enough that they develop essentially magical abilities. Uh, an example of this was Madame Mysteria, we saw early in the series. Uh, she believed in her cause enough that she was able to summon a giant skunk called skunk named Toots that she rode on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we later met Justice Judicator, who was powerful enough, who believed enough in, like, truth and hope and idealism 
and a better future that they were able to manifest, like, paladin power, super strength, and things, and summoned a griffin. Yeah. So it's a lot of, like, paladin-like abilities, but as conjured through a pure belief and not necessarily a, a thing, like, in, in an ideal. Give me, give me some initial thoughts about this one. So it's actually kind of, uh, uh, in, in laying that out, I think it's, it's interesting that my thoughts, uh, do immediately go back to Purethra Guild. Okay. So, uh, because we, there's this time period, we talked about it, we talked about it previously, um, a little bit of a refresher is Purethra Guild was the, the glorious city of the halflings, right? Yes. It was, and it was this great place of, like, industry and technology and knowledge and, like, you know, it, farming. It, it was farming <laughs> and agriculture and family, but it was sort of eventually taken over, essentially, by a city-sized locust called Lemony Locust. Yes. Lemony uh, demanded huge amounts of tribute. They had to basically hand over entire harvests. And Lemony was killed by Madame Mysteria, or they both disappeared. They vanished into parts unknown. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there was this period where the the Church of the Locust was sort of like trying to maintain those sort of oppressive rituals. And there were the Mystery Knights who were these sort of like Mysteria-worshipping anarchists. And they were kind of at war, and the city was really, like, crumbling. And then Justice Judicator emerged with this, like, order of knights, the Knights of Justice, and they formed the city. They reformed it as the City of Truth. Yes, that is accurate. So in this period, I'm thinking in this period, we talk about it in the Ravenspire episode. There's this period where all hell is breaking loose, right? Like, the the Locust is gone, the various factions are trying to control the city, and people are kind of scrambling and people are kind of suffering yeah, a little bit. Yeah, because truth has been established. Um, you know, Justice Judicator has established the City of Truth and the Knights of Justice are um, trying their best to maintain order. But, of course, it's not perfect. Everything is going well. There's still an occasional uprising. There are factions and for all, you know, rebels who are going against what Justice Judicator and the Knights of Justice stand for. So, yeah, there's it's still a city in turmoil. And I'm thinking, like, very early after, maybe, like, right after the Knights of Justice formed, or, like, even just before that. Yeah. In that period where, like, it's kind of war in the streets with the Mystery Knights and the Church of the Locust, and people are, like, losing food because the Church is taking it, and, like, houses are burning because the Mystery Knights are, like, doing dangerous science-y things. Yeah. There's this, this undercurrent of people that are, like, not necessarily involved in that. Mm. that like are suffering of course and i think somebody i think that there's this paladin do we want to roll for, roll for pronouns yeah of course rolling my new glow in the dark dice that i've been charging i'm very excited i insist that you turn off all the lights before you tell me this number hold on five all right <laughs> uh so they i'm picturing them as someone who runs almost like a punk house this sort of, like, crash pad for people to come and hang out, where, like, if you are in danger, they, like, show up, they they bring you to this, like, they bring you to shelter, and they help you get back on your feet. Okay, so it is a, it is indeed a shelter for those in need. Yeah, and I think it might be, like, a number of different, like, places, right? Like, it Ooh. might not be, like, one set building. It's that they find you a safe space to, like, hang out. Like, if there is a fight between the church and the Mystery Knights, it breaks out, 
they are kind of in the, on the margins, like keeping getting innocent people out of the way. Okay, I have an I have an image that I might I, I want your approval on. So, oh, real quick, can you roll me? Do you have dice on you? Uh, I do not. I do. I'm gonna roll a D8 to see what uh what culture they are, real quick. Yeah, sounds good. So they're a beast person. Okay. Do we want to roll on a random animal? <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> All right. Let me get out my rule book. Oh, hell yeah. Let me charge these dice in the meantime. All right. Give me a D100. Ninety-eight. Aaron, they're a zoo animal. <laughs> okay. Do you want to roll me another D hundred? Of course I do. Ninety-eight. I shit you not. They're a buffalo. Ooh. Ooh, that's a strong, sturdy animal. I like yeah, this I'm as a paladin. That. I okay. I suddenly have an image almost like a World of Warcraft like Tauren. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like a minotaur, kind of. So what my my thought was before, when you said that while there's, like, fighting in the streets and people are suffering and these these shelters are being set up by this paladin. Do you want to name him real quick? Hmm. Hmm. Their name is Ward. Ward is good. I like Ward. Ward. Um. So Ward... Uh, while there's, like, chaos in the streets, you know, and occasionally there's not a safe place to go, or if you just need, like, food and clothing and, like, supplies, you know what I mean? To get yourself yeah. back up to... Because that's the other kind of half of it, right? Is yeah. that if you think about, like, this time, you know, the thing about the, the Church of the Locust was demanding tribute, right? Like, they were going out, and they had people going around and literally taking food from people to, like, basically try and bring back Limony Locust. Yes. So there's this whole element of, like, people are struggling they're not they don't have food to get by on so if so this uh so ward is out there almost like robin hooding food and water and like give, giving it to people in secret yes and how i think the shelters are set up is so i'm thinking uh while we do have like our paladin it's a little bit of a traditional paladin sense of like when you're in this shelter there's like a mark on the house and there's sort of like uh like a barrier or like an aura that keeps that building safe like that zone you know what i mean mm -hmm. like a like a zone of safety is created within this place does it refresh you like does it have a healing effect or is that part of, like, what happens on the inside? Like, is that the interpersonal stuff? I, I kind of like, I like the idea that they're, that Ward's magical power, because they believe so strongly in, like, keeping people safe and keeping people independent, Ward's, Ward's power is to literally manifest food and water. Ooh. Oh, shit. There's a fight that breaks out in the street, right? Like, mystery knights are setting fires and like fighting from the shadows and the church is trying to like trying to like break up a, a small outdoor market and there's a brawl that has broken out people are getting scrambled ward swoops in in the shadows like gathers a fan like a small family like shuffles them off into maybe a uh like an abandoned warehouse and it's basically like you'll be safe here draws this mark and then suddenly you know, they, they, they pull out a bag and suddenly they have a few, they have some loaves of bread and some water skins full of fresh drinkable water. And they're like, you'll be safe here. No one will find you. You know, they're the fight. The violence will not get, will not like break this barrier. I love this. So it provides you a safe zone with food. Is the food, 
is like it like elven bread? Will it sustain you? You know what I mean? Is this special food or is it just food? I think it's I think it's it's special food. Yeah, I kind of I like it's it's I mean it is it is literally made through magic. I think what the what it is because uh if um blah, blah, if Ward is trying to provide some sort of independence and like uplifting, I think it lifts your spirits. You know what I mean? It has a healing mm-hmm. effect, but more uh more than that, it makes you feel good. It has a euphoric positive uplifting effect on you the same way that like you know when you fill your belly when you're like really hangry or upset when you eat something delicious i think it does provide that feeling of comfort and inner peace that can help you start building toward uh being well uh overall wellness again and actually uh i've got an idea uh sort of a hard i've got kind of a hard left turn idea okay i know that we said that they are creating this food wholesale through magic what if they weren't doing that? Please tell me. We've been watching a TV show. I've talked about it a few places that I'm very into. That I'd like to kind of, that, that this, I want to kind of explain a little bit of the inspiration process. We're watching this show called Midnight Diner Tokyo Stories. It's a Japanese language drama on Netflix about a diner that is open from midnight to 7 a.m. every day. And the menu only has beer, sochu, sake, and pork, uh pork ramen on it but the vent but the owner will make you anything on the menu if he has the ingredients oh and so and and because of this people come in and ask for food and then there's a whole anthology series aspect where like people fall in love and have family stories and stuff i've been obsessed with the show for like two a week or two now but like i've i've thinking about making food the, the the process of making food and sort of the magic of that gives me this idea that what if they what if ward is not making this food magically is not conjuring and making the bread appear but what if ward is a chef that is making food and like imbuing it and it is imbued with a sort of magic like the ingredients and the process and their magical process is the crafting of food ooh I dig this. Um, it, it, it does play a lot into the truth alchem. Hold on, siren. I'm just going to wait for it to pass. Unless it takes forever. Or they come for you. Yeah, exactly. What's well, an ambulance, Jeff? Oh, I didn't know. I thought it was... I didn't know. I thought maybe you... <laughs> no, I live near a medical center. Um, thought maybe they thought maybe they finally tracked you down. They finally found me. They, find, they finally found you. Finally tracked down the person with all of those bad takes. Oh, fuck. It's so true. Hold on, wait. I don't know, you can't tell because we're on a Skype call, but I think you know what I just did. Just dabbed, didn't you? I dabbed. All right. dabbed. So we were just interrupted by sirens because uh, they came for me finally because I have all those bad takes, according to Jeff, and then Jeff <laughs> dabbed into his microphone. So I like that this is early truth and that alchemy is uh, sort of prevalent and there's new sorts of magic. And Ward is essentially just cooking, using just regular yeah. chemistry and... They are imbuing the food with the what, like the essence of positivity, or into, or is it just like a healing magic? Is that like the lay on hands in food? I think it's kind of a healing magic, and it's sort of a what. Here's what I'm picturing, and I'm kind of into this now that now that I've got this chef thing. This is what I'm picturing. Okay, picture like Robin Hood or Batman or Spider Man. Yeah. So like, or like a, you know, like leaping through the skyline and like swooping in and, you know, jumping through the shadows with a giant backpack full of like, or like a satchel 
or a duffel bag full of like ingredients and f- like food staples. I see it. So they swoop in. <laughs> And when you are in need, they swoop in and they say, you know, they they usher you to safety. They put this mark of this mark of protection on the wall and they say, what's your favorite food? And you tell them a dish and maybe there's not maybe the magic, maybe the magic isn't imbued. In oh, the food. I have something for that. Maybe it's imbued in the satchel. So they just have the ingredients of your favorite food on. Hand. Can I give you my idea? Can I pitch you it? Yes. So what I'm thinking is Ward was a buffalo in in the city of truth, right? In the city of Purithir Guild, watches all this. Mm-hmm. What caused them to have this level of independence? Was it a time where Ward was unfortunately struggling? Like Ward was out there scrape, scraping by, you know, gathering what ingredients they could find and cooking delicious things for friends and like to passersby. You know what I mean? Because if the city is being rebuilt, yeah. it would be similar. Like the image I'm getting, and I'm not trying to be like silly or, you know, like internet funny, is like when there were fires in California, like Guy Fieri was cooking for like thousands of people like day and fucking night. I'm thinking like if everybody was struggling, people with certain skills would have to use them to help other people. So initially, this is just like a cook that believes in helping people get on their feet using the ability that they have, which is cooking. Yeah. And it's, I think, I think related to that, I I, I have kind of a a tragic backstory for the character. I think they had a small restaurant. What was it called? I got nothing. It was called Mmm Bison. Like M. Yep. Bison. Yep, yep, yep. No, yep. Mmm mm, Bison. bison. <laughs> they have this small restaurant that, in the course of one of these fights between the church, uh, the, the, the Order of the Locust, and the Mystery Knights, catches fire and is, like, burned. And is, like, seriously damaged. They lose almost everything. And so they kind of have this moment of, like, I lost everything but I'm not going to, I'm going to fight back, but I, I'm going to fight back the way that I can fight back, which is I'm going to make sure that no one, that everyone has at least a little comfort. Okay, I have an idea for uh, Ward's power. I think if the spirit of, if the essence of independence and safety, right, uh, is what Ward believes in, mm-hmm. I think that Ward kind of, okay, think of lay on hands, like a paladin, right? Glowing hands. Touch something, mm-hmm. you know, it passes a positive effect. I think Ward's hands, as they say, prepare food. What it, it's sort of okay. I had a conversation with a chef that used to work at my restaurant, and they said something that I've never really thought about before. He was like, I like cooking because, uh, he's like, say two people have a really amazing dinner at my restaurant, they fall in love, you know, that night. Later on, they decide that they want to have a child. They have a child. He's like, I was a part of that. You know, my food sustained them. So what I'm thinking is right. the power of like this lay on hands type thing is honestly a spirit of like, you know, uh, inspiration, independence, positivity, and safety that's kind of imbued. And that's it comes from it comes from Ward is lay on, you know, laid on into the food. If you consume it, that spreads to mm-hmm. you, and then you can give that to others as well. Like, so it's sort of passed on from yeah. person to person if you come into contact with Ward, because it spreads a feeling of independence. You know what I mean? So it's sort of like, uh, like a mm-hmm. ripple in a pond. Like, it starts with the rock of Ward being thrown, and it just spreads out throughout the city of truth, this feeling of safety and independence. Cause, you know, they can't just, 
They can't fly around. Yeah, I, I like, like that. Everyone, unfortunately, you know what I mean. You can. You can you're not Santa. Yeah, and I like the. I like the idea. I. I, I really like the idea that. that their food imbues in you. They they create this food, right? They ask you, what is your favorite food? And you tell them, uh, I really love bread bowl soups. And they, they make you this lovingly crafted, you know, they pull up, they start a small fire, they put a pot on it. They, they, they mix in some cream and some vegetables and they, they cut a bread, they cut a hole in a loaf of bread and they bake, they, they kind of like warm the bread just right, and they make this beautiful bread bowl soup. And they serve it to you, and it kind yeah. of empowers you, right? Like, it it empowers you to, in a time when strife has taken from you, it inspires you to get back on your feet and fight in whatever way you feel yeah. empowered to fight. Almost in doing so, kind of, I love the idea that almost in doing so, it is empo- empowering you to channel your own paladin abilities like you might not be able to literally make magic but like if you were an author and you and you know your your notes and your manuscripts are burned down in a fight in this one in the street fight you eat this you eat this soup and you're like i'm gonna i'm gonna start again i'm gonna tell the story that needs to be told at this moment and you go and you write a piece and someone else reads that and they get inspired I love it. I, I love because honestly, uh, the idea of having is like, do you know how it, it sucks, unfortunately, in real life when like, you know, people may have a story to tell or something that they could change the world, but like, they're just so fucking tired mm-hmm. or like they don't have the physical or mental uh, health, you know, to really do what they want to do to basically become a paladin. Mm-hmm. So in this way is is Ward, like, healing people so that they can become their own... Yeah, like you said, become their own... Become paladins themselves mm-hmm. in one way or another, whether it's mystical, you know, whether it's mystical or not, but to believe in something, give them the strength and encourage others to do so. Yeah, and I, I kind of love... I love that, and I love the idea that they are... They can't feed everyone, but the people that they feed are empowered with this sense of confidence and drive and resilience right yes i think i think they teach every time what you uh, it was you describing how um the bread bowl gets made and all that does ward teach teach you how to make your favorite dish i love like that. you like you watch and they're like all right and now you carve the circle in the bread bowl you make sure that you don't hold the bottom because you could poke your hand mm-hmm. and this is how you bake the bread and so you know and you it encourages a spirit of independence and now you can do this yourself yeah it's i mean it's it's in the prompt right it's in it's safe but independent yeah almost i almost want to circle back around to something please do because i think that we've kind of landed on something on a real a real poetry idea there's all of this there's all of this in the air right you are, let me set the scene, there's a fight, we'll go back to that open air market. The Order of the Locust has burst, has started, like, knocking over carts and, like, shops. People are scrambling, the Mystery Knights have emerged, and they are tackling people and lighting fires, and it's chaos. People are, people are in danger. This one shopkeep is in danger, right? Mm-hmm. Suddenly, there's a swoosh from the shadows... And they are, like, shuffled off into a back alley. There's this person, this buffalo person, in, like, in, in like rags and 
protective clothing with a big old duffel bag. And they say, like, you're safe. And they usher you into a tiny back room of this big building. And they say, you're safe here. They put a mark on the, no one, no one will come in without your permission. You have my word. Now then, and they drop the duffel bag and they open it up and they start pulling out ingredients. What's your favorite food? And you tell them and they make it. But what if their magical paladin ability isn't the ward, the warding glyph? What if it isn't having all, having infinite ingredients? What if it's just the knowledge to make any dish? Ooh, what I if, love that. What if, what if everything else, the inspiration, the, 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 the lifting your spirits, the teaching you to be independent, what if all of that is just who they are and what they do? And their magical ability, and their magical ability, the thing they believe in, is the power of food. And so their power is just, yeah, I can make that. You want to know how to, you want to learn how to make that? I can teach you how to make that. I love this. I, and, oh, and can I give you, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, go ahead, please. So my image then, after that, the shopkeep, you know, eats, you know, their favorite twice fried spaghetti. Yes. <laughs> um, the next week... The market is under attack again, unfortunately. The Ornolocus is back, being huge douchebags, kicking over bags of grain and stuff and being assholes. Mystery Knights come out, summon a dragon, all the whole same bullshit. And there's a, you know, a passerby in danger, about to be crushed by a dragon. Whoosh, a shadow carries them to safety. They lower their hood, and it's the shopkeep from last week. Mm, and they're I saying, love that. you're safe here. You have my word. I will keep you safe. What would you like to eat? <laughs> so it's, <laughs> I have Pischetti. I can only make one thing super good. I hope you like it. And what if it's not even that they, they offer to make food, but it's like, hey, <laughs> do you need new clothes? Like, like they had a small stand. They were selling like oh. hand-knit clothing. So they were like, your, your clothes are burned. Let me like, I have like clothes for you to change into. Okay. Trev, this is circling back to what you said in the beginning, where it's like a punk house mm-hmm. type shelter area. What? Okay, here's my here's my thought on that. Because you're saying that they're like, do you need clothes? Do you need this? What I'm thinking is, truth happens. You know, uh, the the justice adjudicator appears. Everyone is like, holy shit. I don't think it catches on right away. No, I it's, don't think it does. So Justice Judicator isn't the only paladin in town. These powers start appearing in mass because people are so, you know, they know they can do this. So Ward and Justice Judicator are not in cahoots yet. So what I'm thinking is this is how the Knights of Justice start. Yeah. Is that's, yeah. that Ward is building a, a community of people who believe in independence and safety and watching out for each other and mm-hmm. providing and uplifting. And they have one, you know, one person is sewing for the entire group, making new clothes. And that's how the uniform is made. And there's one person, they eventually save a blacksmith. And that's how their suits of armor get made. And eventually, it's like an order. You know, mm-hmm. it is a it is a governing, you know, peaceful branch of truth. Once Ward and... Uh, you know, all the other knights get to, when Ward and Justice Judicator get together, I honestly see this is how, like, the Knights of Justice really solidify. It's this ragtag group of people who meet and have a similar 
thought and, you know, justice judicator stands for, you know, like liberty and freedom and lack, like, you know, there's no tyranny in this world. And Ward is all about independence and keeping people safe and building this community. I honestly think that's just that's what how, this is. And that's how the city, that's how the city changes from Purethor Guild into truth is not through, it is not the action of, of one legend. It is not the action of one magical wave of a wand. It is numerous people fighting the good fight in the way that they can fight it and doing the things that they can do to build this to build a stronger community and come back better than ever yes because it it would have to be you know there's an order of the locust person uh who's like kicking over a bag of fucking flour again whoosh is like spirited away and is like i know you're upset and i know you're hurting uh, why, like, you know, I, I see where your anger stems from. In this circle, you are safe. Do you, you know, the whole thing happens. I think it's honestly a social, it's a social movement. That's what builds the Knights of Justice. Like you said, it's not a magic wand. It's not like a wave of energy is beamed out of Justice Judicator. It's just that people realize that they're fighting because they're angry and they're fighting because they're hurting. And these people come together to tell them, like, you're safe here. This, you don't need to do this anymore. We can come together and both have our cake and eat it too and build a city. This is good, Jeff. Yeah. And that's how, like, the order is forced out finally, right? Like, they're not forced out through, you know, that there, there's the one big battle where Justice Judicator comes in with a griffin, but they're still around. Like, that, that element of, of, that element of, of hurtfulness is still there. People are still suffering at their hands. It's just that it takes an entire community actively rejecting that influence and and doing things in and saying and refuting it and doing things in a way that rejects it that brings about a new a, a real societal change. This is so good. It's been bothering me for a long time, like how to talk about justice judicator in the city of truth, because it was so, it's so hard to kind of write or, you know, create a city that changes socially without it being violent. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not the Knights of Justice crush the Order of the Locust and the Mystery Knights and emerge victorious. But it's like, but this, it's like, what if they could just change how they think and while providing for them, you know, in a nice, comforting way that, creates a spirit of independence from all the parties. It's so good. Thank God. This has been driving me crazy. It's good. I, I'm very happy with where this has gone. Let's let's talk about what uh let's talk about what they look like. What does Ward look like besides like a buffalo? I want a nice visual. What color a buffalo? I think a, a deep brown. Yeah. With like uh um like I guess with the mane yeah. as a buffalo yeah, yeah. mane is like jet. No, mane is fucking pearl white. Mm. Like uh, this is an Ward is Ward is no spring chicken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cuz they had a life, right? Like they had a they had they had built a life that had been taken away from them. So like yeah, they're definitely older. Yes, this is someone who's lived and lost and loved and lost. Like someone who's given up everything for this, you know? And that's I think an important note that has to do with Ward that it's like this is this is all this is all they got. Mm-hmm. And now they have something so beautiful and amazing. Uh do they wear armor? No. I think they wear like rags Ooh. or like um I'm almost thinking like rogues clothes. Like a cloak and like a swooshy tunic 
Maybe like maybe like patchwork jacket and stuff. Very almost like Assassin's Creedy is kind of what I'm picturing. Okay, yeah, I do like the idea of like an Assassin's Creedy like long robe and hood type thing. It's the type of thing that you could like mobility. Like I think yeah, you it's gotta sneak. Yeah, I think like mobility clothes is cool. Is there a weapon involved? I think they have knives on them, but they okay. are cooking knives. Ooh, ooh, I dig that. Are the knives uh, real or are they a conjured weapon? I think they are real because I don't think that they are intended to be weapons. I think if you were to, I think it's a type of thing where if you see them like skulking on a rooftop, you see these big knives and maybe when you first see them, when they save you, it's real intimidating because they've got these knives and they pull one out and you're like, oh no, they're going to, they're going to like stab someone. And then they start like slicing celery. Can I have a really corny detail about the bag? What I'm thinking? Yeah. So what I'm thinking is, okay, this is so lame, and you can shoot it down if you want. The bag is like a bag of holding created by uh, Ward. Has infinite amount of things in it because if you can, you can't, you can't just carry every ingredient. Yeah, in a I know. Bag. I, I love the yeah. That's that's a magical. It's a magic. It's it's part of their magic because their magic is not. Their magic is strictly like being good at cook you know ha- is is strictly related to cooking related things my question to you is where does the cooking equipment come out of the bag or is it like a mystical fire of passion i kind of like it coming out of the bag cuts the bag you know this beautiful what's the bag look like is it like mirrored or does it look like oil like prismatic i like it's like jet black with a little bit of like oily prism on it and it's like this big leather kind of messenger bag deal and out comes, what, a hibachi? Like, you know what I mean? Out comes a fucking grill. If I were to ask for, like, grilled swordfish. I think that, like, it is very basic, I think. And so what would come out of the bag is, like, some logs and kindling. Oh, I and like a big, that. And a big metal, like, you ask for grilled salmon and they pull out, like, fire and a metal plate to set on top. Oh, that's sick. This is rustic shit. I yeah, love it. Yeah, it's like, because it's like something, it's gotta be something... The focus has to be on, like, I can do this anywhere because I never know where I'm going to cook. Well, the ingredients are simple because if you're trying to show someone how to do this, you would use the simplest, most readily available ingredients where it's like, I'll even show you how to start a fire. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? If you don't know how to start your own fire, I will teach you. Here is a log. Here is some tin- flint and tinder. We're going to get this salmon cracking. I think this is so good. Can I give you an image to end on? Yes, and then I have a scene I would also like to end okay, on. Okay, good. <laughs> um, so what I'm thinking is, City of Truth is established, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, truth is a beautiful place filled with the Knights of Justice and everybody. It's a it's a city, you know, Every we always say, like, Geode is invention and Moon Crescent is, like, what, like, caring for people? Yeah. Truth, I think, is the spirit of, what, independence? Independence is good. Independence. So I think that Ward... Uh, here's my image for you. So we see a lake. It's beautiful. The willows are hanging over it. There's baobab trees in it somehow. On a dock are two beast folk just fish, fish in line in the water trying to catch the big one. One is Big Jeremy. The other one is Ward next to him. And they're just trying to maybe, maybe they're trying to like, maybe it's some sort of friendly race. But I think Big Jeremy is in need of that spirit of independence and Ward comes to them and, you know, wants to cook Jeremy his favorite meal. 
you know, because I think it's I think it's does it become a traveling thing or it can't be just located in truth? No. Well, what I well, what I think it is my closing note. I have a closing note. It is that the order of justice is formed and it is like a formal thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And they have like the city has, has accepted the name truth. They've won. The order exists. They gather for their first proper meeting as sort of the, the appointed guardians of this new city. And one of the seats is empty. Oh. And suddenly, and, and where did what it is instead is there is a small gathering of people like on the outskirts of town. And there is a food cart called M Bison. Oh. And Ward is like slicing up, uh, is making a delicious ratatouille. Maybe doesn't even go by Ward anymore. Because that's the name, that's the name of the Knight of Justice. So maybe they don't even go by Ward anymore. Maybe they just go by, what do they go, maybe they go by Cook. Cook. They go by, they go by Cook. They're just making this ratatouille and they just leave. They start over. They, 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 they finally take, they finally claim the opportunity to take the life that was taken from them. I'm going to delete what I said and replace and you're getting you're getting top billing on that one. That's real good. Because it was never really about the fight was never the end goal for them. They no. weren't interested in that. They were interested in cooking and, you know, and the power that it has. Yeah, they wanted to be a chef. They didn't want to be a knight. They didn't want to be a superhero. They wanted to be a chef. So when the opportunity presents itself, they don't take it and they just say I'm done. I'm going back to a food cart and spread my message around the world. Yeah, I love it. I'm gonna go where the I'm gonna go where the hungry people are. I dig it. That's so good. And nobody ever hears from Ward again. But but the cooking cart. Oh, you know about that one. Everybody loves the cooking cart. Everybody loves the cooking cart. People lose their fucking mind. Yeah. Oh oh yes. It would. Sorry, I just got excited because that would mean that every time that the cooking cart comes down, your city just gets a little happier and like more positive. Yeah, and I love that. Oh my god, it's so good. You're, if someone comes to town and cooks everyone in the city their favorite thing, that is fucking amazing. It's lovely. This is so good. I think it's a wrap, right? I think it's a wrap. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Jackdaw. Thank you, Frankie. Thank you so much. That was a lovely episode. That's such a good prompt. It's such a good episode. I love it. There's a lot of ways if you want to submit a prompt of your own so we can tell a story to each other and help make this world a little more defined. Jeff, mm -hmm. what are ways they can do that? Uh, you can tweet at us at AMFC underscore podcast with the hashtag fantasy children. Uh, you can also post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash allmyfantasychildren. You can also email us at allmyfantasychildren at gmail.com. You can also post it to our Discord, uh, the link to which is pinned to our Twitter. And you can post it to our website at allmyfantasychildren.com. Um, if you'd like to become a supporter of the show, consider backing us on Patreon. If you have the means to support the show, feel free to do so. It helps us uh, with hosting fees, equipment costs, con appearances, and all things like that, and just lets us know that you really love the show. Mm -hmm. If you do not, consider giving us a really positive iTunes review. It helps more people listen to the show, find out about the show. Give us a social media shout out. That is an amazing, just telling a friend if you like the show is an amazing way to help us grow. It is. It really, really is. I mean, that's how people, that's how people find things that they like. Yes. And that's how people fall in love with things. It's like, oh, I really enjoyed this show. You should give it a try. You might like it. This is my favorite episode. But anyway, um, do you have a verbal hug? I do. Hell uh, yeah. My verbal hug this week is 
don't be afraid to ask for help from people, from the people mm. in your life. And when you are able, if you need help, don't be afraid to ask for it. And if you're able to provide help, don't be afraid to give it. Too true. I uh, this uh, I, I say this. This is on my mind because I am recording this episode from a blue snowball that was borrowed that I uh, was loaned to me for for the afternoon by a good friend Jared Axorod. She's the host of the Voice of Free Planet X, which you can find at planetx.libsyn.com. Uh, I my Yeti died last week as I was recording my intro and outro for Party of One and. Uh, it was real frustrating, and I have not been able to really record stuff, but, uh, today I really wanted to do this episode, so I put out the thing on Facebook, I was like, does anybody have a USB microphone that I can borrow? And she was the first person to respond, like, yeah, of course, when do you need it? So, like, you know, be, be, if, if you can, help, you help the people in your life however you can, and if you need help, ask, you know, that's what communities are for. Exactly. And if you know someone who needs it, maybe just, you know, and they're your friend, just like reach out to them. Yeah. And, yeah. Let them know that you care and that you're willing to extend a hand if needed. Yeah. Um, is that it? I think that's it. I think so. Oh, yeah. I'm going to put this on. I'll put this on here. Um, depending on when this episode comes out, I do have one more thing. Uh, next Sunday, which will be December the 17th. Yes, December 17th at 4.30 p.m. Uh, I'm going to be doing a live podcast. Oh. Everything is Awesome, which is a friend of the show. Interview podcast. They're celebrating their 100th episode, and they wanted to do things a little differently. They wanted to do an episode of an actual play. So oh, I'm going to be running for them a game of Mission Accomplished, which is a oh. role-playing game that I'm writing about super spies and terrible office meetings. It's so good, everybody. I, I got to play it at PAX, and it's super good. It's extremely good. Uh, I'm going to be playing that with them live. We'll be recording it for a podcast. That'll be at Amalgam Comics and Coffee House at 4.30, December 17th. At 3.30, there will be a live recording of Heart Points, which is a two-player uh, Dungeon World podcast, which is a thing that obviously I am extremely excited to get to, to see because it's I've been listening to it and really liking it. Which reminds me, I also have to talk about the other podcast that I do. Party of One oh, is yeah. an actual play about two-player role-playing games. You can find that at partyofonepodcast.com. But, yep. uh... A Malcolm Comics and Coffee House, December 17th, 3.30, Heart Points, two-player Dungeon World podcast, 4.30, Everything is Awesome, Actual Play, Mission Accomplished, Super Spies, Terrible Office Meetings, I'll be running it. Come see it if you're in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area. Yeah, and if you've gotten to this point of our podcast, one, thank you, and two, send us a tweet saying <laughs> that you loved the episode because you let this Lamar in it. <laughs> um, and on that note... <laughs> Good night, night and good, good game. game. Everyone, what's going on? It's your boy Tuna Steve and your boy Crazy Rabbit, the host of Stickball and Goose, a podcast on the Stickball Network that airs every Friday at 3 p.m. We talk stickball, we talk goose, and we talk about all the latest trends in pop culture. You can catch us every Friday, Wednesday, and Tuesday at 3 p.m. on the Stickball Network, where stickballers come to play. Stickball Network, where the players come to play.